Welcome to the Mississippi Salute Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Coleman. I serve as the Director of Communications for Mississippi Veterans Affairs. Like I've said before, our our mission is to serve our veterans. Um, They have so many great stories, so, so many great stories. And I have an opportunity now with this platform uh, to be able to highlight those amazing stories. Um, And we start with a great one. Like I said, my, my goal is to interview as many veterans in our state that we can, but I wanted to start first in our veterans' homes because those are where the true heroes are, um, serving from World War II on up. So our first guest is a World War II veteran, a true American hero. His name is David Smith. Mr. David Smith is an Army veteran of World War II, uh, Private First Class David Smith. Sir, thank you for joining us on this show. Thank you, sir. Nice to be on it. So um, I just want to get right into it, but before we even get to your service, sir, um, tell me a little bit about where you grew up, um, your, your, your upbringing. Tell me where you're from. I'm from Lucian, Mississippi, about 30 miles uh, south of, uh, southwest of uh, Brookhaven. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And, and, and what was it like growing up um, in, in, in that town uh, during that time, you know, as, as you were a young man? Uh, just kind of tell us about your upbringing. Well, uh, uh, as I say, I grew up on a farm and... Uh, uh, my mother and father had uh, eight children, five men, five boys, and and three girls. Yeah. And so during World War II, uh, we uh, we were all uh, all three of the boys eligible uh, to be drafted. However. Uh, uh, only three of us were, were serve, serving because the other two boys were hard of hearing mm. and they were turned down. Yes, sir. And so we grew up in, on a farm and, and uh, as I said, and uh, had a good life. At first, uh, we only had a farm that was about 90, uh, and 110 acres. And then my father... Uh, bought a farm that was over 400. Wow. And so we able to do a lot of other things and grow more cattle and and do farm work too. Yeah. yeah. So we had a good living. Yes, sir. And so uh, we uh, when, I, when, when I was drafted in the Army, I drafted, uh, as I said, they, they, knew they, they needed so many uh, men to serve that uh, uh, just about everybody was, was uh, served the war to war too. Yes, sir. And uh, so we had a good life, and uh, but I was very willing to serve because uh, I knew how uh, how, uh, how important it was. Yeah, yeah. Because they had to, we were losing the war at that time. So you're you're 97 now. Uh huh. How old were you when you when you joined when you were drafted? I, I was drafted when I was uh, seventeen. Wow! And wow, that, wow, wow! At that time, everybody was drafted at seventeen, and started service at eighteen. Wow! So eighteen years old, you show up. You're drafted into the United States Army. Um, 
what what is that like? You said you grew up on a small farm, and now here you here you are about to be told you're going into a foreign land. I mean, I grew up in a small town myself where, you know, I grew up in Port Gibson, Mississippi, where driving to Vicksburg was a big deal, right? Yeah. So here you are about to be, you know, taken overseas. What's going through your mind as an 18-year-old, 17-year-old saying, I'm about to leave my family and everything? Well, actually, I, I got some good jobs and. And outside of the farm, my uncle uh, chose me to uh, work on his dairy farm. Okay. And he would drive a truck around the town of Brookhaven, and I would carry the milk bottles in. Whatever that was on the on the porch was what they wanted. <laughs> and so I got some good experience there. And I, I was very anxious to leave the farm and and to serve. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, what do you remember about, I guess we would consider it basic training, uh, the, the time before you actually went to war, what do you remember most about that time period, getting prepared uh, to go overseas? Okay. I went to Camp Shelby. Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, served there uh, for about four months. And then before they thought we were ready to, to go overseas. Yeah. And so I just, uh, I had, uh, I was chosen to be a, a leader of the squad, which was the smallest group. Yeah. And uh, I was trained very well in that situation. But when we went over, they didn't go as a group. They just took one or two here and one or two there uh, all the way around sure. wherever it was needed at that time they were uh, trying to push to win the war yeah yeah so you get there and, and by there tell us tell us where you were stationed when you were overseas uh I, we landed in uh, in france okay and uh and uh, started serving there and driving the germans all the way out of france wow. and into germany and then running them all out of Germany. You get there. How, so are you 19, 20 when you get there? You're still 18 at the time? I was, I, I, yeah, I think. Was, no, I probably 18 or 18 or 19. To yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're in, a, you're in a foreign land. Like I said, I mean, you're, you're out of America into a foreign land where you are literally at war in that moment. Um, what are some of those memories that stand out? You, you've gone now from the comforts of your home to the most dangerous place in the world at the time. You know, we as young people um, and just people in general, we hear about Nazi Germany. Um, and, and to us, it's a history note. But for you, it's real life. Kind of kind of give us an idea of what it was truly like to fight against Nazi Germany. Well, we started France in about six months. We drove the Germans all the way out of France. Yes, sir back into Germany. And, uh, well, I, I think the roughest time we had was in the winter of that time. Yeah. And uh, it was the coldest winter that they had ever had. Wow. And we were bogged down in northern France. And they said, I think I mentioned that it was the roughest winter they ever had. Yes, sir. And we had to stay in foxholes. All the time, days and nights for three months. And so 
it was a, it was a rough time, and and uh, and to get a chance to meet the veteran veterans and and how we depended on each other. Yeah. To, uh, every day. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think as a as a young man, 18, 19 years old, um, you're away from everything. You're away from your family. Uh, you're away from what you consider normal, uh, being able to go to the grocery store and things like that. Mm -hmm. Did you ever think about being back home? Uh, did you ever think about what your family may have been doing? Um, or were you... Did you look at it in a way where you couldn't think about that because of what you were doing at the time? It was at a time when we were in contact with the Germans yeah. every day and every night. Wow. And so every night they would bring us, they had two to the foxhole, and every night they would bring us uh, uh, the, the meals for the next day. As vet as a uh, rations, and uh, and that time every night they would bring our stock, our socks, to chain mm -hmm. because they said they lost as many uh, veterans uh, with uh, um, feet yeah. problems yes, as they did with with, with uh, bullets. Wow! So they were sure to bring those socks every night. This is. One of the hard questions that I have to ask all the time, but it's amazing to me the responses that I get. Were you ever afraid? And I know that sounds like a ridiculous question, but I need the people to be able to hear your response when I ask that question. When and, and where, what times in your life during war were you afraid? Or were you afraid? I was not afraid very much or very many times. I think uh, the most time I was afraid is when I got hit with a shrapnel in my uh, left arm. Yes, sir. And they told me that uh, they would have to take it off. And so I, I couldn't imagine what to do with one arm. But anyway, uh, they said they would let me go back to the uh, to the States and, and they'd do everything they could to save it. And they, and they worked hard for a year and three months. Wow! In the, in the hospital, before they finally. Your your memories, um, and it's obvious that you have plenty. Um, do you have memories, if there are any, of, of positive things that you remember when you were overseas? Friendships um, that you may have made. Um, beautiful sights that you saw in these foreign lands that some of us, you know, will never get a chance to see? Are there certain things um, that maybe bring a smile to your face when you think about those times? Well, I think one thing, while well, during that three months in the foxhole, I, I chose many times to go on a, on a, try to find out where the Germans were. Yes, sir. And uh, so I just felt like that I would not um, lose my life. Uh, I know my first cousin, he felt like that he would lose his life, mm. and he was just so afraid to go. And sure enough, he, he died in the first battle. Wow. But I just had the feeling that I would... Uh, 
I would come back. What would you tell my generation, younger generations, anyone who's listening? Um, what do you want people to know about your generation? Because your generation has always been called the greatest generation. Um, for your World War II brothers and sisters who served in World War II, um, what would you want people to know about the men and women that served? Well, I just felt like that they, that was a, a best generation because they were, they were willing to put their lives at, at risk every day and every night. Yeah. I, I, I get hit several times, uh, two times the bullet that in Foxhole, they were shooting just over the low ground and, and trying to warn, uh, warn, uh, warn, warn uh, hit each other yes, with bullets. And so um, I just felt like we were willing to go on those uh, night patrols mm -hmm. and uh, try to find out if there had been any movement. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, finally, after three months, the um, weather got better, and the planes started flying over, and and the. Uh, uh, trucks and, and tanks all started ringing up and so everything started looking better yeah yeah all in the name of freedom um you come back home like you said it took you a year and and years after that um to make sure that your arm you know was able to yeah. be of be of use um you come back home after your service is over. Um, what was your life like after that? Obviously, you're you're an American hero, um, but coming back home, what was life like for you? How did you how did you work yourself back into everyday American society? It's amazing how many of the veterans went back to college, and uh, so I got in college and have some veterans here. That uh, that I was in college with. Yeah, it was one of the best times in our lives. Wow! Wow! I love it's it. Some wonderful things that happened at state. You said that during the time, you know, you all were being drafted. But I get the sense that whether you were drafted or not, you were going. Why is it that important to you, sir, during that time, for you to say, "I'm ready to go and fight for my country." I felt like even before I was 18 that I'd like to go, but uh, my parents didn't want me to. <laughs> but and I found some of the veterans here that really did sign up, even as early as 15. Wow. But I don't know how they got around it. But I, I just uh, I was ready. Private First Class World War II hero, David Smith. Um, 97 years young, as y'all can hear, um, can remember it all. He's done it all, and he did it all for us, uh, for all Americans. So, sir, I want to thank you for your service. I want to thank you for your time, and I want to thank you uh, for being a real American hero, sir. Thank you so much. Well, I don't know if I feel like a hero, but I, I, I did my very best. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's David Smith um, here on Mississippi Salute. I am Ray Coleman. Uh, we thank you so much for joining us on this episode. We hope to hear and see you again real soon.